0: Welcome to Volleyball, presented by DraftKings. I am Rachel Nichols and live and direct from China, where it is two in the morning, we have Demarcus Cousins. This is dedication, my friend. What are you doing over there?
1: Man, uh, it's a huge event over here uh, called Gmon 116. Uh, it's basically like a, a big social media influencer thing where, you know, guys come together and play the game we all love, which is basketball. Um, huge fan interaction deal and, uh, just coming over here, you know, giving these fans a little love and they're going to do the same for me. So, uh, it's a huge event and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it. So, uh, that's why I'm over here in China right now.
0: I've been to China for a few Nike tour, basketball event type things, and it is bonkers. Like, I don't think people in the States can quite absorb... The crowds in the streets, like just shutting down areas wherever you guys are. Um, it's a crazy experience. I'm glad you're having it out there. But uh, we have Tuckle NBA, so I'll bring you back to the United States, at least digitally here, Bug. Um, first up, the Clippers get James Harden, and now they are 0-4 with the beard in the lineup. Uh, Harden, has, the problem has not been ball hogging. He has not shot the ball at a high volume at all, eight attempts per game. He's averaging 14-5-5. and Here's really the number that is going to stick with us, though. With James Harden on the court, The Clippers are a minus 67 with Harden on the bench. They're a plus 24, which is the opposite of obviously why they got him. The idea was to raise their championship ceiling. That is not happening so far. What do you think is the biggest issue so far with them struggling to incorporate him?
1: I think it's a few issues. Um, Obviously, singling out James and and putting him on his island. Uh, James has to figure out how to to change his game Um, with him being an addition to this Clippers team, who's kind of already have a, they kind of already have a foundation. Um, James has to, James has to figure out ways of getting back in touch with doing the small things on the court, energy and effort, you know, defensive plays, diving on the floor, things of that nature, the offense and assists that's going to come with the flow of the game, but he has to fall back in love and understand that, the smaller detail parts of the game is what this team needs to be successful. It's not necessarily him scoring or him assisting. That's, that's the obvious thing. So, uh, once he gets back to that, I think that plus minus will fix itself. And, uh, you also just have to get his team time. Um, this is a huge addition to this team. This is a huge talent. Um, it's not as simple as just putting this guy in a lineup and expecting it to work. It's a lot of moving pieces with this team. Um, so they still have to figure that part out as well, uh, and that goes that falls more so on T. Lou and in, uh, in the front office. So uh, figuring out that and making this puzzle come all together, um, it's going to take some time. And they yeah. also have another issue with the team not having a backup big, uh, Mason Plumlee yep. uh, missing time that 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 affects the team. Once Big Zoo leaves out of the lineup, they kind of have a downfall when it comes to rebounding and protecting the rim. So that's also another issue that they're going to have to fix. So uh, it's a lot of things going on within that team, but it's 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 not as obvious as just, you know, James is now a part of this team and he's the problem. That's, that's not the case at all. Uh, it's just some little wrinkles they're going to have to iron out, and I think this team will be fine.
0: I do agree with that. And look, Paul George was really talking about pace being a problem. He said, "quote I think the pace is what we haven't figured out yet." Tyloo's quote went further. He said, "quote We can't just fucking walk around offensively." He said, "You've got to get to the next action. If you don't do that and do it hard." You're gonna get beat every night we are seeing those results so so to your point it's it's something they're trying to figure out that has a high risk high reward right this is a high degree of difficulty operation and so far it has just looked difficult um, but I do think we've got to give them time. Tai Lu said he needed 10 games to figure it out honestly if he can do it in 20 I will applaud him because I think it is just extremely difficult. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. And the, the big, as you point out, they've got two roster spots. They got to fill them. I think by the end of this week, boogie and you know, they need to stretch yeah. big, but I'm not going to talk about that too much. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of it. Don't you think?
1: I, I I agree. Um, like I said, it's, it's, and PG saying, bringing up the point of, you know, the pace, that's, that's a big thing. And if you, if you, know what James Harden's game is, James has a tendency to play at his own pace. And that's an okay thing when it's your team and you're the one leading the team. You could play at your own pace. But now he's kind of fitting into this Clippers team, so he has to match their pace. Or they have to figure out what exact pace is going to be. But um, like I said, I think it's more a small, detailed things than really a bigger issue that, that obviously you know people like us and other media members are going to make. An issue about, but um, figuring out those small things, I think I think this team will be fine. It'll take some time, but I I think it's it's definitely possible to fix.
0: I mean, Tyloo said that he thought James was being a little too polite. He's like, we need to let James be James. They had kind of a little team meeting about it over the weekend, just talking about, you know, hey James, we all want you to step up. I know that there's kind of all this media attention of is he going to be a ball hog, but the messaging to him was do more of what he does. We'll have to see if that works. I I do know that when they had the issues in the last game they played as we sit here, they fell behind by 15 in the third quarter. Then they used PG, Westbrook, Norm Powell, Terrence Mann, and Kawhi, that lineup with Harden on the bench. That's who got them back into the game. And then Harden came back for the last couple minutes. But it is interesting. Mm -hmm. They're starting games with all four of them. The idea is that Russ won't be there at the end of games a lot of the time but at least for his sort of ego and mental state and routine, frankly, like they want to have him start. I don't know. Do they eventually have to figure out a way to put Rest or Harden on the bench when the other one is playing, or do you think it can work with all four of them?
1: Um, I th- we spoke on it last week. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not really about how you start the game. I think it's, I think it's fine for them to start all four, but their issue is going to be how they decide to finish games. And- yeah. We spoke on it last week. It's going to be situations where James is on the bench because they need a defensive guard and Russ. And it's going to be times where they need playmaking and shooting. And not saying that Russ can't playmake, but he's obviously not as good of a shooter as James Harden. It's going to be times where they need playmaking and shooting to finish out games. And that's where Russ would be off. Um, that's going to be their biggest issue is figuring out how they're going to finish games. And um, obviously, it's, it's an issue because they're on four right now with James being on his team. Um, they got a big task in front of them, and uh, I think they got the right man for the job in T. Lou. I think I think he's very, very, very intelligent when it comes to figuring out these these problems. Um, I don't think he gets enough credit for for being that type of a coach, but uh, I think it's more than possible, and eventually, it'll figure itself out.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it also has got a lot of people looking back at how they got here, right? I mean, the trade with OKC started this whole era. They got Paul George and that helped them sign Kawhi. But just to remind you, it required them to ship out Shea Gildress Alexander draft picks that turned into Jalen Williams and Trey Mann down in Oklahoma city, plus three more first round picks still to come out of this deal. I mean, I don't know when you look back at it, would you do it all over again if you were the Clippers or no?
1: (laughs) Would I do it all over again, absolutely. Uh, Setting your foundation yeah. around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I think any team in the league, if they had the opportunity to do it, would do the same thing. Um, I don't think it's about I – don't, I don't think their issue has ever been about what pieces they put around them. It's always been about health. They've always been in – they've They've always had a chance every single season. It's just for some reason they can't get over this health bug. But, but um, like I said, I think any organization in the league had a chance to do this, they would do it.
0: Also, you have to remember, like, the Clippers needed to have big stars. They're in an L.A. market. They're competing against the Lakers for eyeballs, for seats, for television ratings here locally. Like, I just think if you look at the list of assets that OKC has from that deal, of course, they're huge and it's great team building. And, and you know, Sam Presti has been brilliant with all of this. But as great as Shea is, and he is fantastic When you look at the other players I just mentioned, they're very young and the draft picks haven't even been drafted yet, the ones still to come. So that's not what the Clippers needed right now. They didn't need a bunch of young players. They needed guys who were stars, who they could get people into the building with and they could energize fans with. So I would do it all over again too, Bug. I just think that you know they all got to cross their fingers. It does find a way to work itself out this year, both with Harden and Healthwise, because all of those guys could leave this summer. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of player options. They could be going into this new arena that's Extremely nice that they built with nobody of name on the roster. So um, I think it will be interesting. There's a lot of pressure, and uh, we'll see if Ty Lue can work his usual magic. I don't know. So let's talk about Minnesota. Book another impressive win on Sunday against the Warriors. The Wolves have won six games in a row. These wins have included the Nuggets, Celtics, and Golden State. They have the best defensive rating in the league. They've held opponents under 100 points five times already in this young season. That's the most in the NBA. Um, Look, every aspect of this team is clicking. Gobert is actually really fitting in when last season it didn't look like it was working. Um, And then Anthony Edwards, man... He, he looks very good just picking up where he left over this off over the summer with team USA. So, so what do you think is more important? Like sort of how Gobert is fitting in and the defense is so strong. Do you feel like it's just ant stepping up to the next level? Is it both of it coming together? What do you give their success to?
1: Uh, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Obviously, uh, Anthony Edwards has found this confidence. Um, he's finding himself in this league. He's realizing that, the, uh, the star that he is at this point in his career. So, uh, and I also think the Timberwolves organization is realizing the start that they have on their hands. Um, I think they're more into giving him the ball and making him the focal point of the offense, which is, I believe is a smart move on their behalf. Um, another key thing that I think that's been overlooked is the fact that uh, Jaden McDaniels is back in the lineup. He's back from his injury. He's a huge piece uh, to that team defensively and offensively. He's going to guard the best player every single night. Um, He fits in seamlessly with that team. And um, Cat doing what he does every night, shooting 60% from the field. He's playing fantastic. I believe Cat is now the second option on that team to Anthony Edwards, which which I think works great for that team. And it's no knock to Cat. I just think that's the perfect flow for this team. And uh, Rudy doing what he does, protects the rim, being that defensive anchor every night. Um, I think with the addition of, Uh, McDaniels being back in the lineup, it makes Rudy's job that much more easier. And uh, everything's flowing for that team right now. Um, And I think they're in a good place. So uh, I think think looking back on that trade, you know, everybody looked at it as it was a huge mistake. But uh, obviously they had a vision, and that vision is now coming together. So, uh, you know, kudos to them.
0: Yeah, it's huge because that looked like a colossal mistake, right? I mean, it just looked like the game had kind of passed Rudy by a little bit, that they gave up too much for him, that the fit with Cat wasn't working. And and things looked pretty grim at times last season. And the fact that he's gotten more comfortable, that they figured out a way to work together. The McDaniels point you made is so good. The fact that he can lock down guys on the perimeter, lets Rudy be more Rudy inside. I, I just think that getting that piece working, Um, even if his individual numbers aren't as good as they've been at times during his career. Like, clearly the team defense is working. They're the best in the league. I I think that's huge. And Ant is not afraid of anyone. I I just want to give you a little exchange book from the Warriors game. Um, Draymond, you know, kind of gave him a hard foul. He's like, what are you going to do about it? Um, He used more colorful language than that. I'm just going to put that there. You've (laughs) met Draymond before. Um, (laughs) But here was Anthony's response. He said, nobody's worried about you, bruh, hell nah. And then he went out and scored a bunch of points. So (laughs) I think the fact that he's not afraid to mix it up. I mean, what trash talk have you had with Draymond over the years?
1: Man, me me and Draymond have had our battles over the years. Uh, He's one of the best in the business when it comes to, you know, talking you out of your game, uh, making you feel like shit on the floor or or just downright (laughs) just being disrespectful. So uh, it takes takes a tough-minded, tough – individual to overlook that and still be able to go out and perform at a high level. So uh, like I said, I think Anthony Edwards has found himself in this league. Um, He's found his confidence. He realizes the starter he is. And, uh, you know, these type of performances are going to be a regular for him, uh, I believe.
0: Yeah. Well, look, you you learned it firsthand. It's much better to have Draymond on on your team than playing against him with all the.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) There you go. All right, another hot team that we maybe didn't expect to be this hot so far. The Rockets have won six-in-a-row, Boog, and that's after an 0-3 start. So that is a huge turnaround. Houston, also a very impressive roster of wins. They've beaten the Lakers. They've beaten the Nuggets. They've beaten the Pelicans, the Kings. Now, a bunch of those games have been at home, but you got to win the games in front of you, and they have won them. And for a team that started 0-3, that is huge. Um, they were a bottom-three defense for three consecutive years. And now they are a top five defense. Obviously, the coaching has to have a big, big element to do with it. Right. And then the players stepping up. Fred Van Vliet's there now. Uh, Dylan Brooks is there now. Um, you know, they've got Shangoon, who's been terrific as a big there. Jalen Green has really been strong. They've got depth on the wings. Um, what do you see when you looked at this team? Because they were kind of written off even after the first week of the season this year.
1: Um, it's a lot of things I see with this team. Uh, obviously, I believe with their best player being their best young asset being Singong. Uh, he's like a mm-hmm. combination of Sabonis and Jokic. Uh, yeah. He he kind of ignites offense, them, yeah, he's got, the offense. Gets the offense flowing.
0: The ingredients.
1: <laughs> Let me not get ahead of myself. And say he, he's Jokic. I don't want you in trouble Sabonis, on the internet, but buggy. he's definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to throw any crazy takes out there, but uh, obviously he has the potential to be those caliber of players. Um, He shows flashes on a nightly basis. He's super young. He's 21 years old, still has a lot of room uh, to grow in his game. So uh, I think he has a a bright future ahead of him. But uh, him being the focal point of the offense, keeping the uh, flow of the game going for that team, obviously adding a vet in Fred Van Fleet, um, we know his track record, record. We know what he brings to the game every night. Uh, I believe Jalen Green is starting to come into his own. He's figuring out the game. The game is slowing down for him. And uh, I think the biggest thing that's been overlooked, and we have to give this guy credit, he's taken so much shit <laughs> over the past two years, and it's it's kind of ironic. Dylan Brooks. Yep. We have to give him his credit. Dylan yep. Brooks has come in. He's helped his team win games. He's leading this team and it's mighty ironic that the team he left is now struggling without him. Um, he's, he's been, he's been labeled the villain in the league for the past two years, but, uh, obviously he's showing his impact and what he brings to teams with this young Rockets team and it's resulting in wins. So, uh, you have to give him his credit as well. So, uh, Uh, I think this young team is coming together. I think they have a lot of potential. Um, So we'll see how this plays out.
0: I love the combo of Dylan Brooks and Fred VanVleet personality-wise, right? Like, Fred is so laid back. He's a chill dude, mm-hmm. obviously an extremely hard worker. Dylan Brooks, an extremely hard worker in his own way. I think that sometimes gets lost in sort of all the talking yes. he does. But those guys have a meeting in the minds in terms of how they approach the game. But they're very different vocally. And Dylan can be a little bit more of that firebrand that lets Fred lean back and, and just run the point and be his, his own self. And if you think this is another team that almost went the James Harden route, they they definitely had some interest last year and there were reports that you know in some of the conversations Uh, James had kind of made it clear through people or whoever that he wanted to get back to sort of that his old Rockets persona and running the show and again the reporting was that Ime Odoka was like nope no thank you we're good check please and clearly by going out and getting Fred Van Bleet instead um, you know it was completely the right fit and Ime who is a defensive minded coach who did wonders with the Celtics when he was with them uh, is right back at it with the Rockets and I've just I've been super impressed with that team and um, it's not easy to dig yourself out of the basement. Um, and it just seems like they've got ingredients and shang playing great. And I just, uh, I'm very interested to see what happens because it is a tight playoff race in the West Boog and that the conference is so deep and we never expected the Rockets to even be in the playoff conversation, but I don't know, they could be there, especially with a the play-in, they could be there at the end of the season.
1: That's a young, scary team. And um, any veteran team or team with championship aspirations would hate to face that young athletic team on so. any given night. So uh, the West is definitely wide open.
0: They're give-you-problems team. All right, I want to look at some of the marquee games this week, which is jumping out to you. I'm going to give you a couple choices. Timberwolves at Warriors, so we just know what happened, and we I told you about the little Draymond Ant battle there. Um, you've got Spurs versus Thunder. I'm excited about this because I think it's a rookie of the year battle, Chet Holmgren versus Wemby. I think that's going to be great. Uh, Wednesday, you've got Celtic Sixers. Um, and then on Thursday, Thunder Warriors, and on Saturday, you've got Mavs at Bucks. Which the way Luca is playing, Lillard, Giannis, assuming he doesn't get himself ejected again, uh, that could be a really good matchup. Also, <laughs> which is which is your sort of one that you're eyeing.
1: Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to Tuesday's game, uh, the Timberwolves and Warriors. Uh, yeah. They played each other before already, and um, you know they've already created a little history and animosity amongst each other. So uh, I'm interested to see how that game goes and uh, we can see if the the Timberwolves can continue to be, you know, this winning team and we can see if the Warriors can bounce back and uh, hit them back in the mouth. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm interested in Tuesday's game for sure.
0: I like it. Well, now it's time for On the Radar presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the only sportsbook you need for the NBA season. Let's take a look at the Eastern Conference Championship odds. The Celtics still leading the race. They're at plus 155. The Bucks, though, creeping up there, 185. The Sixers, they've moved up to plus 600, which, by the way, that's already better than it was on Sunday night. So they moved up. They were, they were going into Sunday's game at 700, and now they're at 600. And you can make the case, Boogie, that the Sixers are the best team in the East right now, which is not a sentence I expected to say after a trade of one of their marquee players. They have Mm -hmm. the best record. They beat the Celtics recently. That game could have gone either way, but it went the Sixers way. And then Tyrese Maxey dropped 50 points on Sunday night, the first Sixer to do that since the first point guard to do that since Allen Iverson in 2005. And again, let's wow. just have a moment of appreciation for Allen Iverson, our greatest living American. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Angel music here, please all yeah, of that. that seems... um, but that's a huge, anytime you're in the same sentence as Allen Iverson, if you're a point guard playing for the Sixers, that is enormous. He's going to make the all-star game at this pace. Uh, how do you like their chances? I mean, could they actually win the East? Do you see that as being possible?
1: Uh, Is it possible? Yes. Do I see it happening? No. Um, That Celtics team is so well put together. Um, I I just don't really see any team getting past them. Uh, And I think at a certain point, the Sixers will run out of firepower. Uh, I could be wrong, but my gut is telling me they will run out of firepower, especially during the playoffs when schemes start getting into play and adjustments are made on uh, on on the defensive end so uh but as far as maxi making the all-star absolutely um shout out to my uk brother um having an incredible year i'm glad he's able to you know be put into this new position and show all his talents and um i think the flow of this sixer team is, is perfect uh it's no it's really no ball dominant guy outside of joel mb which is obviously fine with him being the dominant player that he is but uh you know, everything else just kind of flows around him. And uh, like I said, it, it's able to open up Maxi's game and um, obviously the, the, the pieces around it. So uh, I think it's a perfect flow for this team. And um, I think they'll have a successful season. But like I said, towards playoff time, I think they'll eventually run out of firepower.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting because the idea in making the Harden trade was getting a bunch of first-round draft picks back. They got that. They're going to be able to package three picks if they want to trade for a major player. They've also got a ton of salary cap space opening up this summer. So the plan has been get another big-time major star to play Mm -hmm. alongside Embiid so that Joel doesn't want to be like, huh, what about the New York Knicks? What about the Miami Heat? Um, They're playing so well that that need is not as pressing right now. To your point about the playoffs, I I still think they should make a decent-sized move before the deadline because it will put them in better position, um, and they Mm -hmm. will still have that cap room in the summer, Um, but it's interesting. Maxie is making this conversation – Uh, A lot more spicy than we thought it was going to be. He's so Mm -hmm. good. And uh, he's just a joy on that team also. I know he's so popular in the locker room, and that makes a big difference after kind of all the angst that they went through over the last six months. So I love watching him succeed. I also want to shout out and send our best book to Kelly Oubre, who was struck by a car on Saturday night, um, taken to the hospital. He has a broken rib. He's got injuries to his hip and right leg. Uh, The driver fled the scene, which, don't get me started, but hopefully speedy recovery there won't impact his basketball too much throughout this season, but that's scary, man.
1: Yeah, and and it sucks as well because he was playing so well and at such a high level, so uh, he's been a reason that the team has been so successful as well. So um, definitely shout out to Uber and uh, speedy recovery, bro.
0: All right, we got a little social media in here too because it's time for Doom Scroll. Uh, No need to fall into the endless scroll of our social apps. We've got you. I want to shout out to Boardroom putting together this great story about Magic Johnson. Magic said he used to call season ticket holders to learn how they became rich. Boogie, he he would look at who was courtside. (laughs) at Laker games during the Showtime era and he would get their phone numbers from the season ticket office. And he'd be like, how did you get season tickets? How'd you get rich? And of course now he's a billionaire. So I didn't know if, look, you played uh, with the Warriors where those Silicon Valley relationships have done very well for Andre Iguodala and some of the other guys yes, on the team. Yes. Ha- have you had any notable relationships with any fans or season ticket holders, whether they're financial or not over your career?
1: Absolutely. Uh, it's, 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 it's the best way to uh, move forward with af- after basketball. Obviously, you can't do this forever. Uh, I think Magic Johnson was brilliant for that, and it, and obviously it just makes sense. Um, you want to keep the company of what you want to become, and um, you know, picking the brains of these millionaires and billionaires, and figuring out you know the different businesses you can be become a part of outside of basketball is. An obvious thing. So uh, I think I think he did the right thing. That's and that's something that most veterans now preach to the young guys in this league is you want to build those relationships yeah. with those people sitting on the sidelines because they're fans of you and, and they want to get to know you and they wanna help. So uh mm-hmm. all all it really takes is a conversation and it can open many doors for you later on. So uh I think that's brilliant by magic.
0: Yeah, I mean look, these are some of the most successful people in the country. So those mm-hmm. relationships are great to forge, and uh, clearly Magic did just fine. So
1: <laughs> not doing we'll too see. bad. <laughs> I want to shout out Jalen
0: Brown. Yeah, exactly. He did fine. He did fine. Bill Jr. is fine. Um, I do want to shout out Jalen Brown. I really appreciate that he and the Celtics took time before their game on Friday. They were raising awareness for a bill in Massachusetts called Raise the Age, and the bill aims to gradually raise the age of juveniles the jurisdiction legally so that. You are still considered a juvenile by the court system when you're 18, 19, up to 20 years old. Instead of turning 18, you're treated as an adult.
1: Before we take off tonight, I want to bring attention to a, a bill and legislation that we, the Celtics, are advocating for. The name of this bill is called the Raise the Age Bill. Um, if you want to learn more, please visit celticscom Raise the Age to learn more. Thank you, guys, for having
0: me you. Thank you, J.B. I think that's so important if you look at the numbers of kids who are still teenagers, they're still so young. Um, Your frontal cortex of your brain is not formed yet. Um, Making decisions and then being put in jail as adults, sometimes in life sentences, Um, I think it's very impressive. Jalen Brown has been using his pulpit to do things like this his entire career. Uh, What do you make of this, Boogie?
1: I think it's dope. Um, Obviously, uh, Jalen is... He's more than a basketball player. Uh, He's advocating for a lot of positive things in our community. I think his move was brilliant, and the reason I can say that is basically, I mean, even at the age of 20, you're still considered a kid. 21, 22, 23, you're still a kid. Um, You're literally graduating college at 22. So so, uh, to be, you know, treated as an adult or, you know, you lose your entire future from a decision you made as a a child is – it's just completely unfair. So I think this is a brilliant move, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, this bill changing can you know change some lives and um, kids get a second chance at life, and they make the better uh, the best decision with that second chance. So uh, I think this is brilliant.
0: Yeah. And the organization too. I mean, this this is not popular in all corners of Massachusetts, right? Not everybody thinks this way. So the fact that they're putting themselves out there with Jalen, I just, I appreciate it all. And your point is great. We say college kid all the time, right? These kids in college, mm-hmm. when we're watching the NCAA tournament, any of that stuff. So the kids who go to college get to still be kids. And the kids who, unfortunately, because of all of their circ- socioeconomic circumstances, don't get to go to college. They're not kids anymore. I mean, I, I just, I I think this is a big deal. So Excellent. We'll be keeping an eye That's on that, weird. Bill, thanks to Jalen Brown. And I want to get to this one last social media thing here because Jay Kuda on Twitter made this simple yet effective graphic, Boogie Cousins. The Lakers are the only team in the NBA that has not led a game at halftime yet. How concerning is this for you? <laughs> I mean, graphic's um, amazing.
1: <laughs> um, it's very concerning. and um, Obviously... I've said, I've spoken on this before. Um, any team that's dependent on a 39 year old to lead you to every win is it's just not gonna be much success behind that. And no knock to LeBron, he's he's a legend, he's great, he's he's doing things that we've never seen before from a guy his age, but just to expect that on a nightly basis from this guy is, is one, completely unfair to LeBron, and uh two is just not really realistic. Um you have to put I think I think the Lakers need a third star. Um I think Austin Reeves is a great player. It's supposed I think,
0: to be Austin Reeves.
1: Which is my point. I, I think Austin has potential. I think he's gonna be a good player in this league, but as of right now, at this stage, he's just not that guy for this Lakers team. Um they have to get a third star, they have to get somebody that to, to accompany LeBron and AD. Shout out to A.D. who's been dominant since the beginning of the season. He's not really getting a lot of credit. Uh, And what I hate about this is when he's doing bad, they're all over it. They they make sure they post every stat. But him dominating is crickets. So uh, shout out to A.D. Continue to dominate, bro. Be the person that you are. Be the player that you are. Show the world who you are. But uh, with that being said, they have to add a third star that can complement these two guys and uh, help them win games. As of right now, they don't have that third star.
0: All right, well, our last last item of the day here, Boogie, is an unhappy Zion Williamson. The quote was, I am trying my best to buy in. Here's the full picture he said.
1: Like I said, last year, you know, we had a team meeting, and it was brought up some things that I could do better, especially like with buying into the program. And right now, it's tough right now, but like I said, right now, I'm taking a little back seat right now. Yeah, I'm I am i am trusting the process. I'm trying my best to buy him right now. Do
0: you have any advice for him?
1: I'm not understanding what he's frustrated about. The team is built around Zion. I'm not really understanding how yeah. he's frustrated or he's taking a back seat. Um it's, a, it's, it's hard winning games in the NBA. And um, this is a struggle that m- most athletes have to deal with, professional athletes have to deal with. And um, when you're so used to winning your entire life and you get to this situation where it's just loss after loss after loss or you feel like things aren't going your way, you can, you can eventually get to this boiling point of, you know, putting out comments like this. Um, just continue, bro. Continue to trust the process. Continue to trust the coaching staff to uh, trust your teammates um you've already kind of had a negative you know look on your career with you know the weight challenges the injury challenges you now don't want to mm-hmm. ask another layer to it to where now teams or organizations are looking at you as a negative so uh just trust this process right. try to keep as as many of your frustrations to yourself and uh if there are any frustrations just put it all out on the floor go rip the rim off on a nightly basis um it's hard to win games. It's, it's, it's super hard to win games. But um, adding frustration to that is only going to worsen your uh, problem. So uh, just try to be as positive as you can. Try to bring as much positivity to this group. And uh, hopefully it will right the ship.
0: Well, Boogie, I got to tell you, you brought it today energy. It's literally the middle of the night there in China. We are very, very <laughs> grateful. We're grateful to all of you guys for sticking with us. We appreciate you signing on. Please subscribe. Please give us those five-star reviews. It helps with the algorithm. And we will see you uh, next week. Volleyball. you can get it on YouTube, Showtime channel, and you can also get it wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, I don't know, an actual Apple. Uh, you can find us. See you soon. <laughs>